Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. Third major of 2023. It's US Open week at LA Country Club. Now, Elk, this is one that, oh my gosh, there has been so much hype surrounding LACC. I mean, it's such a private, exclusive club. Bang smack in like Beverly Hills, Rodale Drive. You've got all the celebs, the Playboy Mansion on the course, which is no longer the Playboy Mansion, but um, it is going to be an exciting US Open this week. I don't like Hollywood, but I like going there to play a golf tournament. You know, uh, because it's all sort of, you know, fake and crazy and everything's nuts. But this tournament, Diane, smack bang in the middle of Los Angeles, as you said, you know, I think about, you know, Hotel California playing in the background, the Eagles. And I got the the new tailor-made bags are out with all the, you know, the, you know, they got the Hollywood sign on it, all the different, you know, uh, silk screens on it. I mean, we are in Hollywood for the U.S. Open. and this golf course, Diane, is going to be a star. George Thomas design, redone about 10 years ago. But when you look at it, you just can't believe how beautiful it is. And this word that we've talked about already called a barranca or a barranca, as we say in Australia, that runs through the course. Basically, what a barranca is, is, is just an open drainage area. So if something floods, runs into the barranca and gets on out, out of town, but they use it in LA and designers of the old Diane, they use it as architectural features. It's all over Riviera. I mean, on the back nine, you got to dodge the Barranca all the time. And it's again, here it is at LACC. There's going to be a lot of talk about it, but don't be fooled. This course is nasty. It is long. We have a guest on our show, John O'Donnell, who's a member there, has won the club championship. He's, he's told us all about it. He's told us how to play the course, but, Diane, we're sort of wedged for a split second here of whether or not this is a bomber's course or is it a second shot course and is it an angle course? Is it a chipping course? What is it? What are you hearing? Well, you're right. We're going to be joined by uh, John O'Donnell pretty soon. Um, Johnny O, the clothing brand, he's the founder of that. So if you love that, and I'm sure you've definitely heard of the brand, then uh, he's the guy behind it. So we'll talk to him about the course, obviously being a member there and the the build up, the anticipation um, and, you know, for them to, for the membership to agree to hold the US Open here, what was it, like 10 plus years ago? It was a bit of a shock to a lot of people because the course is so private and exclusive and, you know, yeah, I get it. Hollywood can be a little bit trashy and whatnot. But when it comes to the golf, and we always say this about Riviera as well, it's just that old classic, you know, um, 
yeah, I think of like Frank Sinatra and um, people. Great logo, yeah, great architecture, the great architecture on the clubhouse. Amazing houses overlooking yeah. you know, all the elevators. As you said, the Playboy Mansion on the <laughs> golf course. I mean, what what more do you need for a golf course, right? I know, I know. So um, and we'll definitely talk to John in a few minutes and get more of that. We have to go back to last week because it was a an epic, a historic end to the RBC Canadian Open, which I loved because at the start of the week, we had the big announcement um, about the PGA Tour, DP World Tour, the, the live merger and all these unanswered questions that you were worried that it was maybe going to take the shine off the Canadian Open a little bit, but they got their dream come true finish. The first Canadian winner in 69 years. Nick Taylor holding that putt on the fourth playoff hole, a 72 foot putt. And it was just magic. And it was like one of those moments where the stars just aligned and it happened for him. And it happened for us because we had him. He was one of my picks, my one to watch at 60 to one. So just an amazing Sunday day in Canada. Yeah, it was amazing pick by you. I get half a point for saying that Rose Zhang, the celebrated amateur from Stanford who won her first LPGA Tour event since 1952, I said that Canadian would win uh, last week and I stacked my team with three Canadians to guarantee that. But no, I missed one guy and poor Tommy Fleetwood, who's never won in the U.S., Super player, been working on his game with Butch Harmon, way up there in the stats, looking really good. Didn't really have a chance, did he, on in the playoff with that crowd, Diane? And then it just happened at the end. I mean, yeah, but Tommy, he'll get he'll get his chance. It'll yeah. be it'll come. Maybe it'll be at the Open Championship. Who knows? But it was all about Nick Taylor and Ken. On the seventy second hole in regulation for him, um, you know he he was he made a there. mistake twice. Yeah. And, you know, par five to finish is a little bit of a quirky hole anyway. Um, and when he had it all squared on 17, you're just like, OK, it's go time. Um, and to me, it was a given birdie on 18. And then, um, yeah, I was actually putting the baby to bed and my husband was messaging me with all the updates. And I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, great for Canada. And um Obviously, Nick Taylor's winning putt was the highlight, but a close second was Adam Hadwin being tackled by the security guard when he ran on with the bottle of champagne and started spraying his buddy. And that video is doing the rounds on social media, and it's one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. <laughs> I know, me too. We've talked a lot about on this show, Diane, about how guys have been through something. They've been in the. They've had their feet put in the fire. We talked. I talked to you about. Uh, Victor Hovland had his feet in the fire at the PGA, came back and won Jack's tournament. I thought Corey Connors might win because he had his feet in the fire at the PGA, was leading going into Saturday, won already in, in Phoenix. But Nick Taylor, Diane, went head-to-head -head with Scotty Scheffler in Phoenix. Scheffler prevailed, won that tournament. But don't you think it's important, even, the, even at their low points when they lose a tournament, when they're close, Diane, it gives you that extra whatever i know what it is i've felt it i know it's real that's why i'm talking to you about it i know i have the confidence to, to push forward and nick taylor did it at phoenix and then then there it was months later came through for him and it also plays into how we make our picks because we track the trends and you can notice that guys are trending in the right direction. And we talked about Nick Taylor a lot. We've talked about Tommy Flutewood over the past couple of weeks and how he's been really turning it around. And as you say, working with Butch Harmon and, um, you know, we track these trends and we have all the data in front of us. And, you know, Nick Taylor's numbers are fantastic. And, you know, you mentioned Victor Hovland. You're right. The guys that are in this position, it's just it's picking them the right week and and finding the course that is going to suit suit their game and that they're going to feel comfortable on. So that's why this is a really interesting week because very few guys have played this. Um, the only ones that really played it in competitive action, the 2017 Walker Cup was held here. So um, yeah. Scott Scheffler, Colin Morikawa went undefeated. Uh, Will Zalatoris is obviously not playing this week. And... Max Homa won a college event here in like 2013 and shot the course record of 61. <laughs> but apart wow. from that, I mean, it's um, the guys are stepping into the unknown a little bit. Yeah, so 
the, when I started to think about this event, and I've been doing a lot of research, and I've, I've talked to a lot of caddies and players and guys like John O'Donnell, um, I don't think anyone can win the U.S. Open, Diane, unless they're sort of elite in at least three categories. And this week, we're using a slightly different model, which is we're going to weight three different categories. We're going to use off the tee, strokes gained, approach, strokes gained, and around the green and putting, four, four categories. We're going to weight them differently. But I think you've got to be elite in three of those categories, Diane, to sort of to win a U.S. Open. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, I played in probably 20 U.S. Opens. I mean, I never even came close, but I was elite in a few categories. And it really shows that when you get into a U.S. Open, although this tournament is not typical U.S. Open with narrow fairways, big rough, however, Diane, it is massively long in places. There's all sorts of hard finish. This, the last three holes are going to be a Father's Day special. we got like a 520-yard 16th, a 510-yard par 4 17th, and then a 500-yard uh, 18th. It is going to come down at the end where anything can happen. So yeah. I squished those categories together, Diane, and it was very interesting that came out when you see these elite guys. I mean, a few weeks ago, when we started talking about Scotty Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler is so far ahead of everyone else on the PGA Tour from tee to green and around the green. He gains approximately 12 strokes of every person in the field per week, but then he gives it back on the greens. I, 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 said, I said, I don't think Scotty Scheffler is a bad putter. I thought he was a great putter, but I was proven wrong with our data, and that's why we study it. He's a very average putter. He gives back almost all of those strokes that he gains, Diane, and he still almost wins every week. Mm -hmm. So I'm using a slightly different formula. We've put it together, and now we're looking at elite groups of strokes gained. We're combining them to see what we can come up with this week. Well, I mean, I've got his numbers in front of you, us here. Um, he, we talked about those categories. Off the tee, he's first. Around, um, approach, he's first. Around the green, he's sixth. He's first in strokes gained total, but strokes gained um, putting right now. Scotty Scheffler is 148th. So Now, there is a little bit of a have to know here in the middle of that is because he hits about 74% of the greens in regulation, he puts more than other guys. He ha he hits the putter about six more times a day than the other guys. So his, his stats are a little bit bloated on the high side on putting, but he almost wins every week with strokes gains minus to the field. In other words, he puts better than worse than average and still almost wins every week. And that's I'm looking at three. I'm looking at three particular players. Haven't picked my winner yet, so I'm going to let you go first. I've got my one to watch. I've got my long shot. And this week we're going to do an amateur pick because being yeah. low amateur in the U.S. Open is very important, as you know. Well, before we get into our picks, and I need a little bit of extra help, we're going to chat to John O'Donnell. Now, um, we'll go into all of this with him, but um, John from Johnny O, founder of the clothing brand, and he's a member at LACC, not just any old member, but he's had quite a lot of success around there. So this is our chat with John to find out what LACC has in store. Well, I'm happy to be here. You guys are nice to have me. I've, I've played it a lot. And I'm so lucky to have, you know, played it as much as I have and be a part of it. It's it's awesome. It's so good. Let's go back to the the very beginning. Um, you you went to UCLA, is that right? I did. Uh, Long time ago. Local, local. And, Me too. Uh, <laughs> and and golf's always been a huge passion, obviously. For sure. I grew up. I actually grew up in Chicago but then came out to UCLA and then went back to the Midwest after graduating for about 10 years and then rerouted back here about 25 years ago. But I started playing, yeah, when I was seven years old. Um, and just, it always, you know, I did the football and basketball and all that stuff, but um, the golf just always stuck with me. And it was kind of cool because it was a game that you could get better at as you get older. And there aren't a lot of games like that. Um, so it was, it's been a real great um, passion of mine and, and a great way to not only enjoy the game, but meet so many people. I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here, you know, meeting you guys if it wasn't for the game. So love it. 
Okay, well, we're gonna, we'll, we'll talk about the clothing in a little while, but we have to get right into this course because Elk and I have been talking about it. We've been doing our research, we've been digging into it. And, you know, obviously this is a real gem of a course. Um, I, I read that the property itself is valued in the billions. So we are in for a real treat this week. I take it you guys have been counting down to this for such a long time. I said that to someone I went over this morning um, to walk the, the nine holes with Kevin Streelman, who's a friend of mine, and just talk about the golf course a little. And that that came up, the conversation came up with a few members I saw that I saw it there it was kind of like, well, it's finally here. And I think, God, you know, it, it must have been 11 years ago that we announced this. And at the time, you know, it felt like 11 years. Jeez, man, it's going to be 2023, you know, and it's and now it's here and everyone's just going, whoa. So it. It, it took a long time, yet all of a sudden it starts closing in and you're like, whoa, it's here. It's on. So it's exciting. Well, LACC, yeah. I haven't played the course since they changed it, John. Uh, by the way, Diane, John and I are uh, friends with a mutual friend of ours from uh, Chicago named Peter Vidoliak, who is a lawyer up there. He's a lawyer for uh, Michael Jordan, probably a lawyer for you. He's probably a lawyer for me. He's a <laughs> guy that we need from time to time. I know you've been the club champion. Is that the regular club champion at, at LA or senior or both? Yeah. Hey, come on, man. Um, yeah, no, I've got three, I have three titles under my belt. Um, granted they were, you know, a dozen years ago and then I've been chipping away at the uh, senior and I've lost in the finals a couple of times to a good pal of mine. Um, so you've only won the regular okay. club. You've only won the yeah. regular club. Yeah. Champion. I've got, I've got a few of those, which is great. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Well, let me let me get straight to it, John. What you know, I I I'm a big you know LA guy, meaning I love to play the golf out there. And George Thomas, of course, built Riviera, where I was lucky enough to do well out there. This doesn't look like a George Thomas course at face value when you first look at it. You look at the flyovers, you look at all these different things. What is the what What are we going to see here this week? What What are the viewers going to well, see when they first look at this golf course? First of all, it's it's, it's pretty breathtaking. Um, and I was doing a talking to someone about the actual club and the golf course. I mean, the golf course itself, the holes and the routing and all that good stuff, the bunkering, I mean, that's all great. I'm, I'm no golf architect, so it's hard for me to kind of talk about that. But what I can talk about is the fact that this thing sits about three miles from Rodeo drive and you're sitting on the putting green and you're looking out over the Beverly Hilton hotel and the Hollywood sign in the backdrop and the hills of Hollywood and Beverly Hills. And it is spectacular. Um, it's, it's, it's such a unique setting to have a U.S. open golf course. I told someone it would be like if they plopped Wingfoot, you know, in the middle of central park, you know, it's just that crazy that you're like, ah, you know, how is this place here? Um, but you're going to expect a golf course that's um, probably not atypical or typical of a U.S. Open golf course. The little I know of U.S. Open golf courses, or at least have read, it was always about real narrow fairways, big, long, rough, um, lightning fast greens. We will have fast greens. The fairways are running pretty firm. But, you know, our rough out here is Bermuda. So, you know, better than I do, Steve, that Bermuda doesn't have to be that long. I mean, I think if they get yeah. it about three to three and a half inches, we're fine. Um and then the players are well aware of it. A lot of the members, I've heard them squawking like, Johnny, oh, they don't have the rough high enough. There's, you know, the, when they redid it, they took out a bunch of trees. They're going to eat this place up. And I said, okay, we'll sit back and you just watch or you go play it. Let me see what you do. Yeah, it, it appears. And what I'm hearing from uh, my friends that are out there, and I'm, I want you to confirm or deny, but it's pretty wide off the tee for USG Open, the USGA course. However, there's a lot of slope in the fairway, so I'm assuming that's why they gave the player some room to let the ball run out and get the angle. And then on this on this design, there's a lot of um, diagonal, uh, angular yes. bunkers that come into play back up the fairway, so it's advantageous to be on one side or the other. And every every guy that I've talked to so far has told me this is a second shot golf course. This is a place you got to stay away from trouble. Uh, and it suits guys that really smash it off the tee because if you get back too far, you can't get in there quite as well as you need to. Mike, the question I'm dying to ask you is, how do you make a score on this course? You know, I know how to make a score on my club. Is it a fast start? Is it a, is it a hard well, I know it's I a hard finish. I think there's going to be – there are a lot of holes out there that appear to be 
when you see the yardage and you see maybe how open a particular fairway might look or appear to be, um, oh, well, this is a birdie hole. But I tell you, a lot of our what you'd consider birdie holes can turn into double bogey holes so fast. So I think there's going to be a, you know, and you, again, you know better than me, but I, you always know U.S. Opens is kind of flatline, a lot of pars, right? I think yeah. there's going to be eagles, more eagles, birdies, pars, double bogeys than a usual U.S. Open because the course is at times tempting to try to take advantage of, but it, it can really, really bite you. Um, and it's going to be fun to see. And again, I've talked with other members, you know, everyone's so stuck on, you know, how hard can we make it? And I, you know, I just think that's kind of an outdated theory. Um, I, you know, I, as a member, I want the players to enjoy the, the experience and to be fair. And you know what, if 12 under wins it fine. Um, but the, the angles into the greens are really important. I talked to the, yeah. Kevin about that today because some of them are shallow. Um, they will be firm. And getting back to the rough, as you know, when you, you know, you maybe only have 165 yards left of the par four, but if it's, you know, in that much rough, it's going to be tough to control the exactly the flyer and, yeah. and trying to stop it on the greens. The greens will be firm. And, um, they, and is it a combination of rough over the greens and no rough, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's exactly, there's some of the runoffs, you know, there's some that's of those. Inter that's interesting because right? that, then, that creates more problems for players. It's, it's, it's a bear of a shot. I'd have, a, I've, I would have my putter out every, every time I was in there. Um, and then there the is. Reason, the, reason I say, the reason I say it's more problems is if you're in the rough off the tee for everyone listening and there's big rough around the green, you can go up there and hit a seven iron and miss the green. It's going to stop right there where it lands in big rough. But right. at this course, you not only have no rough, but you have some slope, right? It gets, it gets away from you. Well, and some slope that can run into a barranca yeah. or a hazard. If people don't know what a barranca is, it's kind of a sandy, bushy hazard. And it was on the four, we were on the fourth hole today and there's runoff there. They'll put a pin in the front right corner. And if you t miss it a little right, it can creep down and it gains momentum and you're down in terrible area. So yeah. the runoff, they do have a lot of high kind of, it's almost like barbed wire, fescuey rough around the bunkering. They do have a lot of that. Um, it's almost kind of, you'd almost rather be in the bunker. Well, I'm sure you would. You'd rather be in yeah. the bunker. So that you're going to see some people in that stuff that will be, you know, that, that'll be very challenging. But it's, it's now, a course that gives them a chance. I know I asked you this a minute ago. Um, I got lost in my question there. But how do you make a score, John, on this yes. course? Is it, the first is a par five. You can get under there. I know the end is tough. So walk us through the course like in 30 seconds, how, seconds. How you would shoot a 67 there. What, where do you right. expect to do well? Well, first of all, you just got to You got to make sure you're taking care of you're going to make pars on the difficult holes. There are some extremely difficult pars out there. Birdie on one? Birdie on one. But if you block it into if you pull it into the left fairway bunker, you got problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. That is a tee shot. While it's not a driver's course necessarily, you know, if you put it in the rough or something, it becomes a tougher birdie. Two is a is an animal par four. Yeah. Um, I take four all day there and get the heck out of there. Um, three guys will be kind of licking their chops there. It's a shorter par four, but that green is extremely dynamic. Four is a brutal par three. Um, but if you hit the middle of the green, you can make some putts. Big if though, it's not easy. Five, so if you got five, to the if you get to the fifty one under, you're you're stoked, right? Well, yeah. Oh God, yeah. I think. Or so, even if you sure. get to the fifty even, you you're you're, yeah. you're you're happy, right? Exactly. And that's not to say that some guy might can't come out and possibly eagle one, par two, make a quick birdie on three, and be sitting yeah. at three hundred. And six is a short par four, but that's one of those tempting. This has got birdie written all over it. There's a wait till you see the sixth hole, little short dog leg right, but you fly it over the corner. You can get the three wood there, but it's it's shallow, it's, kind of twelve like Augusta. It's filthy looking so, on the on the flyover. So I think yeah. the way you score is you the, the the really demanding holes. Get your pars and get out of there, and then try to pick off a few birdies. You know what I mean? And and, and like you know, you stay away from big big holes, doubles and triples, and there'll be some out there. Now, as we're coming down the stretch um, on Sunday afternoon on Father's Day, will we be looking at? Pars coming in 16, 17, 18, very difficult holes. Is that right? Which one of those are. three are 
stand out to you? Give us the last three holes. 16 is a tough, long dog leg right, dog leg left where they have the championship tee. But you can make some hay there. The, uh, it plays fast after the tee ball runs, and it's a little downhill on the second shot. They'll have shorter irons into that, so it's a big, big green. So they'll be able to make some hay there. Seventeen is really tough. It's a, it's a more demanding tee, tee off. Um, it, it, it squeezes you a little visually. There's a barranca right that you don't want to go into. There's fairway bunker left that does you no good, and it's green that runs on a diagonal, and the hole is long from the back tee. It's I think it's playing about five twenty or something. So, you know, they're going in there with longer irons. Eighteen is wide open. Um, they did grow the rough in initially on the left side, but they decided to back off that because they had some players showing up and I think they were starting to squeeze it down the first fairway and they oh, didn't okay. want that. So they, they don't said, want that on 18. They don't want that. So 18, the, 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 the test on 18 is really going to be the distance. Although I say distance and then you see what these guys do. So, you know, where I hit it, but you know, the wind can swirl. I was out there today. We had more wind. The weather weather out here has been as crazy this entire year. And it was actually blowing at, you know, 10, 11 a.m., which it usually doesn't do. So um, 16, 17, 18, four pars is is big time. So, you know, we know we watch the Masters and everything. If someone's got a one-shot lead coming to 16, it's not over? Is that what you're saying? Oh, God, no. I, okay. unless, they're, unless they're playing a different golf course. Okay. Um, no, I would we just want to know if there's. We just want to understand the drama. This is this is I, LA. This is Hollywood. There's going to be some drama. And there could be a Hollywood script to this. Um, and I do think there's a chance someone, not one of the higher profile players, has a chance to do something at this golf course because I, I don't see it as a bomber's course. And it is a second shot course, but I do see some clever short games and guys that are you know not getting into doubles and triples. I think, I think the field is, is a lot more open than usual. Do you? I do. But, but again, and I don't, I don't know. The, the players know better no, than I do. No, well, we, this is a handicapping show whether you, uh, that you'll be pay, uh, taped into here. <laughs> We're not going to ask you for any predictions, but we love it when you come on and tell us that the field's a little wider open, Diane, this is helpful to us. No, I, I think. Go yeah. ahead, Diane. No, I was just going to say, all I keep hearing is that length is going to be such an advantage around here this week. And that, yes, it's a second shot course, but length off the tee is going to set the guys up for mega scoring. So it's great that you say that because, you know, when it comes to a major, we're we're really focused on such a, a small segment at the top that... You know, to be able to handicap this potentially being a little wider open is music to our That's <laughs> just, just my opinion. I think the field could open up a little because I just um, because it's a little wider open. And, you know, there are long, I, I, I just I, I get this feeling that uh, it's going to it's it's going to be a, the pitching, chipping and putting as every U.S. Open. But it's I think that I played with Kevin today with Streelman watched him play the golf course and you know Kevin's not a bomber and granted he'd love to have seven iron in where he might have four iron in but I think if you manage someone manage their way around this place um, someone could surprise us so we'll I know there. Kevin Streelman well and his one of my best friends is his cat the Michael Bester right. you wouldn't know that but I, you would have I, met him today I met him today yeah very good friend of mine uh, I didn't mention that we were going to talk today because I didn't want to I didn't want to get anything, uh, you know, yeah. but he gave me some, you know, but he said that it was going to be difficult for Kevin at his length to, he's almost going to have to play the perfect week. And you're sort of confirming that with short game and a shorter player is going to have to play very well. You know, we, look, you and I grew up together in the same era of golf. I think you were slightly younger than me with the Tom Kites and the Tom Watsons and yeah. uh, different players. And, you know, this, this, this tour now, as you know, is dominated by some guys that really move it off the tee. And yeah. I think Besta told me that, hey, if you could hit it 300 off the tee in the air, I mean, you're going to change the angles on these holes a lot. And, and that's true. But let me ask you this, uh, John, before we move to fashion, there's so many guys at the top of this board um, that are so good, that hit it so far. And I'm, and I'm speaking about probably a handful, right? I'm talking about Ram. I'm talking about Scheffler. I'm talking about Kepka. Yep. I'm talking about Johnson. Uh, and yep. I'm talking about one other or Rory. Um, AT, Rory, all of them. Yeah. And when we handicap tournaments, um, Diane and I do, 
we have to figure out that if those guys play well, who can who can top that? Yes. You know, yeah. If if we get one of those guys that takes off, you know, we've seen it already in the majors this year. You know, those guys took off in the masters, they took off in the PGA, and no one could really keep up keep up the pace. Yeah. So um we're gonna see. Diane, um I know you're fashion. I'm into fashion. John, my question is, are we going to see some um, some 80s Defini or some uh, some checks come back? Are we are we going to see anything you mean coming the, the back? Tattersall? Because, kind of the is that what it's called? Tattersall? Is it? Hey, you something like that. The yeah. little gingham back pattern the, stuff. <laughs> you know, I I I um we have that such was a, a great era. I don't know. I know it, it, was. it was the eight. It was the 80s and the. 90s on tour was fabulous yeah that's when you were kind of um back doing your u2 bono imitation weren't you steve yeah doing my we we, um we we have such a talented team at johnny i don't want to spend too much time on that and these guys are so dialed in on you know where we're going and you know you use the word fashion but you know we're I don't even consider us fashion as, as strange as that sounds. It just kind of, we're kind of a running mate with, with guys and soon to be gals in their day-to-day lifestyle and, and trying to provide them with something that is comfortable and they, they feel good about themselves in. And, um, you know, we've never, if you look at our stuff, never really gotten overly fashion, you know, golf is an important part of what we do, but it's, it's, a, you know, and there's a lot more to golf and, um, well, I, I, was, I was sort of referring to, you know, for a while there went into into a costume almost. I like I, I call it fashion because like what you're wearing or what I'm wearing, I'm wearing a cricket shirt with the old yeah. pickering pocket. You're yeah. wearing a classic Johnny O shirt. Yeah. Um, I sort of I think of this as sort of gold fashion, long placket, et cetera. For um, sure. But it went in. It, it did cross over into almost a costume, you know, that, and there were some good brands that did that. For uh, sure. Lindbergh for was, sure there Lindbergh were. was a great Lindbergh's I think great Lindbergh brand. does great stuff. I mean, I, I, yeah. I said this to someone before. There are so many. There have, I've seen so many great lines over the last 20 years come into the market and not survive because but they had such great product. But for some reason, their brand or their brand messaging didn't connect. And yeah. so they didn't make it. But I would walk around the PGA merchandise show and I'd look at stuff and I'd think, oh, my God, this is a home run. And two years later, they'd be out of business. Yeah. Um, so it's as much marketing as it is the actual product, you know. Is it the cut too? Yeah, the cut's but You can't please everyone, Steve. You know, everyone's built yeah. differently. Long trunks, wide shoulders, um, big guts, small butts. I mean, it's all, you know, so you got to kind of pick your cut and go with it. And if you miss 20% of the market on this side and 20% of the market on this side, so be it. Um, you just, you're not going to be right for everybody. Who's your best dressed on tour? Who, which guys do you like? Well, you know, we've got the Johnny O, we got the Johnny O guys out there. We got Kevin Streelman and Sean O'Hare and Aaron Baddeley and Nate Lashley. We got the young, you got the young fellow that won the U.S. Amateur from A&M. Sam, yeah. Who was on the Masters. Sam Sam Bennett. And Sam is out there at the U.S. Open today. And I wish him the best of luck. He's a great kid. Um, Great kid. We it's all pull be for him. And get back real quick, and then I'll let you guys. I don't know how long you guys have, but you know, you talk about the you know the bombers and having the advantage, the angles of the green. I agree with you, but you know what? I got to tell you, and it, it always is this way. But these greens and the putting and the pitching and chipping will really. You're going to have your artist have to have your artistry for this. Um, this is this is going to be some good short game viewing. I'll tell you that. Well. And- Listen, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I want your opinion on this guy because he's a, a UCLA sophomore. Um, yes. Uh, Omar Morales. You know, yes, I, I, I know his, his, his coach. He's a wonderful man. I, I haven't met Omar, but I saw him out there from a distance, but I didn't want to go up there and, you know, hey, I'm a Bruin too. So I just decided yeah. for him to stay in his own zone. Um, but I'm really excited to see a Bruin in there. Um, God, I think Stanford, don't they have about three or four guys playing in it or something? Yeah. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. But I, I, I mean, Omar played in the final qualifying and shot 65-65. And he said yeah, that yeah. Um, LACC, he's played it 
so many times. So he said yeah, yeah. that he knows that he's going to feel comfortable. Is he going to yeah, feel yeah. comfortable playing in a US Open when it actually gets to tea time on Thursday? But at least it's a course that he is familiar with and that he's not going to feel, you know, completely thrown in the deep end. No doubt about it. The surroundings, being familiar with the surroundings will be, knowing that his dorm room is about a par six away will be comforting. But I'll tell you, it's a golf course right now, like they do to, and Steve knows they do to all the golf courses for US Open. It is not the golf course that us members are playing on Saturday mornings. It's yeah, I know. You know what I mean? But, but you know, a lot of times members don't. Hey, Johnny, oh, they're going to eat this place up. I mean, I shot 73 yesterday. I said, yeah, I know you did. I know you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, John, what what will your week look like this week? We'll leave. You know, we'll, we'll we'll let yeah, you go. Yeah, good question. I um, you know, I was out there with Kevin this morning. I'm going um, going to meet up with some pals tonight for just an early dinner, and then tomorrow I'm actually working the merchandise tent. I volunteered for a seven hour shift, so I'm going to get my right my, my work on in the at the Johnny O booth of the merchandise tent and then Wednesday probably lay low Thursday is going to be my day where I really go out with some pals and you know walk around and watch and then Friday we have a huge party if you guys were in town I'd, I'd sling you a ticket but um well we're the Doliak and I were the Doliak and I he was saying look if you go I go I go you go and I have to be out in California then uh, starting on the next Tuesday and I just couldn't swing it with Father's Day yeah. but I'm going to take you up on it another time. We'll play, though. We'll come out and play. Would, uh, I'd love to have you. And I'm going to play at Shore Acres because that's one of my that's my favorite Rainer course. Yes. I know you just joined there. Seth Rainer is my favorite designer. And Seth and, and Shore Acres is my favorite Seth Rainer course. It's amazing. So, I've yeah. been out there almost 30 years, Steve. I've been out there almost yeah. 30 years. It seems like yesterday, and it's such a gift. And I get back there often, and I'm going to get you and Pete out there, and we're going to have a blast. Right. Uh, well, listen, we, we want to thank you for coming on. We, um, you know, we, we try to get some, uh, you know, some different style of guests here. You're, you're great because you won the club championship there. You've given us some great insights. Uh, we, you've widened the field for us, which is going to send us scrambling for a minute, Diane, because we're going to follow this with our own show, which will be our handicapping show. Uh, so, Anyway. You guys are no more than I, but I, I just, you know, as you said, we're in Hollywood and, and a Hollywood ending would not surprise me, though. I, I'm thinking maybe last week up in Canada that might have may have stolen the show with that uh, last putt. That was great. Yeah. Well, I listen, you have a great week. Uh, we'll, we'll, my, I think Taylor was my pick last week. So no, who picks a Canadian when one hasn't won in 69 years? Uh, we both picked Al Gwynn for Cody Connors yeah, yeah. and I took Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor was like 75 to 1. And um, yeah, because we have a running joke. He just had a baby a few weeks ago. And I'm always yeah. about the big life events that calm yeah. these guys down. <laughs> That's great. Well, it's going to be it's fun. Intangibles and, uh, here. Yeah, but you guys are nice to have me. I hope I gave you a little insight, but um, yeah, it's it fun. Great. It's a great week. Thank you. And we'll okay. look forward to watching on TV. Good. See you guys. Thank you. Thanks, bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, Elk, that's definitely helped me um, with my picks. Before we go any further, I've just realized we haven't uh, told everyone where you are. <laughs> Normally we get you in your workshop with all your golf stuff, and now you're in the middle yeah, of a yeah. campsite with trees behind you. <laughs> As we say in Australia, Diane, we've gone walkabout or we've gone to the bush. The and, yeah, my family uh, has always camped and we're down in the Garner State Park uh, area in uh, south of Texas. My wife's been going here since she was seven years old. She's sitting here under these beautiful oaks. She has her camper up there. We've got the dogs. We've got the cats. We've got the kids Aww. and all of her friends and everyone that she's camped with for 30 years. They're all here together. I love it. I love it. Okay, well, what John had to say really helped me. Um, you know, it's been kind of drummed into us with a US Open and with what we've heard about this course with the fairways being so wide that it's going to be a huge advantage to be one of the big hitters on tour. But I love that he, he kind of opened it up a little bit further and said that second shot golf course and that he does see that there could be a little bit of a shock guy kind of creeping up and being in contention. I enjoyed him saying that because I mentioned the guys like Tom Kite, Corey Pavin, both U.S. Open winners. Tom Watson wasn't that short, but medium range. Um, you know, Michael Campbell, 
back at Pinehurst. There's always been great storylines in the U.S. Open. And sometimes, of course, sort of push those away. I'd like to believe him, Diane, but I'm not so sure. This is very long in places, and this course is very um, angular in places with bunkers. And I can tell already that when I saw, um, when I see these guys get going, hitting the ball well off the tee, because these fairways are wide. Yeah. They're 45, uh, 45 yards wide. Now, let me just give you a visual. Everybody knows the 18th hole of Pebble Beach. Off the tee, it has a tree in the middle of the fairway. In 1992, the year that um, Tom uh, uh, Watson, Tom Tom Kite won the U.S. Open, the rough was cut to the left of the tree, Diane. So it was the ocean. The tree in the middle of the fairway was in the right side of the rough by about two feet. Now we're at 45 yards, but the fairways are like this. So now that tells me that these guys that really move it uh-huh. are going to have a pretty good advantage because – if you can get it down there another 30 or 40 yards, Diane, and you can get an eight iron. Look, look at Brooks Kepka at the last hole at Oak Hill. Hit it down there, nine iron from 181 yards, just pin high and two. I mean, you know, I'm sort of maybe in a little bit of shell shock, but I feel like for me up top, there's only about four guys that I can really make a play for who's that elite in ball striking, cheetah green, all the way across the board. So we look at I'm going to let you go first. Well, I'm, I'm just going to say we look at US Open winners and you mentioned uh, Brooks Kepka, John Ram, Bryson DeChambeau, Gary Woodland, Matt Fitzpatrick last year, who gained so much distance and it showed and he went on to win a US Open. So it seems to be, you know, obviously a trend. That- I don't think distance will win it on its own this week. I think it's a second shot course. Everyone that I've talked to, I said, What's every all my players, all of my friends that are out there? I said, What's the number one club you need to hit well this week? And they all said, Long to mid and middle irons because there's these giant par threes, and then there's the, the par fours are long enough to where you're going to be hitting these longer shots. So, over the course of the week, you're going to hit four or five a day. So, there's going to be 20 of them over the course of the week. That's going to, that's going to separate some players, Diane. Yeah. If you could play those 20 holes, say, even. You've already separated yourself. You played them under, you've just blown by everybody. Okay, right. Well, we'll get into our picks. So we're going to do our outright favourite, one to watch and dark horse. And then we're each going to talk about one of the amateurs playing who, who got in through final qualifying as well, which is such a great part of a US Open. Um, right, I'll start. You want me to. Now, my... Here, here. When I got... When I planned my outright... Um, I didn't expect them to be 30 to 1. So my outright, I'm going to move to my one to watch. And I'm going to just go with my gut feeling for this. And the this, this story tells itself, as you say, you know, if you're looking at just a, a little group at the top who are always the favourites when it comes to majors. And there's a reason for that, because a major is just different. It takes a different calibre of play. It takes a different mental state. It takes guys that have been in this situation before who can handle it. And nobody's going to handle it better than Brooks Kepka, who has won two US Opens, now three PGA Championships. We saw him just win the last major. And I just can't see it really going any other way. He's going to be there. <laughs> He's definitely going to be in the mix. Um, I think there's the confidence is obviously huge. He's overcome a lot. He's overcome injury, um, doubting himself, which we saw in his Netflix episode. He went to live, a little bit of a slow start, but he's had a couple of wins on live, a lot of top 10 finishes. As I said, that win at the PGA, he's going to be a dad in a couple of months. Um, it, it just seems to be a very happy place in Team Kepka right now. And it's another US Open for him. So... I'm, I'm taking Brooks as my outright favourite. I, I know it's a little bit boring and predictable. Normally we collaborate on who you're going to pick, and you never told me this today, and that's okay because yeah, yeah, Kepka's on my list. Let me find his all. He's 11 to 1. 11 to yeah, 1. Yeah. I found him, I think, at 12 to 1 earlier, so it's to be expected. So I, I said earlier that there's a bucket of players, Diane. It's In handicapping, it's easy to, to think about not – pick them but it's easy to think about 
when you put guys like Kepka, Rahm, Scheffler, Dustin Johnson, some of these guys in a bucket, and then then you put guys. So Scheffler maybe three wins, Rahm three wins, Kepka three wins. Now you're up around ten wins. That's twenty percent of the tournaments on tour, Diane. So they've already taken out. So who who can who can jump in and beat those guys? And we have to look at it through you know a lens of you know who's elite at a tournament that's built to hit the ball correctly the whole week. Now, I would I would have I would have picked Kepka if you didn't. Um, I think Ram's got a nice tee time. Uh, Sheffler Ra- Kepka's playing with Rory. Yeah. I don't think anything that Rory said, by the way, where he said, I hate Liv and I want them punished for coming back. I don't think he's going to mention any of that. To, I don't think he's going to mention any of that to Kepka. Well, they're friends if as well. Ever, I know, but if there's ever a guy that's twice as big, twice as strong, dominates more oxygen in the on on the first tee, Rory's going to feel like a very small can stand into Brooks Kepka. And I don't care what anyone calls me for saying that. But he can't touch. He can't touch Brooks Kepka right now. Uh, Rory is, is conflicted with his game, his attitude, his thinking, et cetera, et cetera. He needs to get himself on track. He's a very talented guy, and that, I'm not picking him this week. I'm going to take Scheffler. And everything I've said before, you know, I've had I had Rahm already win two wins this year. Diane, he's beating the field from tee to green by average of 12 strokes a week every week and he's giving back some putting he knows this oh yeah yeah and how did he fool me i know golf as good as anyone i thought he putted great but no i was proven uh, jeff mangum who's uh, does our mathematics with us behind the scenes put me out a whole panel scotty scheffler is an average putter and if he puts decent, he's going to win the tournament by 10 strokes. I don't care. I only want him to win win by one. I've got to go this week, Diane, on the hardest test with a guy who plays the best. The test has been set. You and I have taken a lot of tests yeah. over our lives in different subjects. This is a test of skill from tee to green and around the green. Scotty Scheffler is the best by a mile. And I'm rolling the dice on the putter with Scotty Scheffler. And we've seen the putter fail him a lot lately. And as you say, he knows fail him better in the than position two or the position no. three. But it's not a win, is it? Like it, he's got to be thinking that these are all wins that he could have as part. Of and his I don't want to make I don't want to belittle this by saying he's not a Tommy Fleetwood or he's not a Will Zalatoris. He wins a lot of tournaments anyway. He's won majors. Yeah. Uh, my point is, he's a prolific winner. Anyway, won already in Phoenix. Uh, where else did he won the players this year? So he's he's off his game in putting, and he's still first in everything almost. And so, finishing no. second, finishing third. Um, but okay, so Scotty Scheffler, maybe a little bit of redemption from the last couple of months. Um, I don't think it could be. Could it be redemption, or is it just I'm just going to get back to level with everybody else and 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 with my putting? Just give just me have a, a decent party. <laughs> he just wants a win, another win to add to the tally. Yeah. Um, so seven to one for him, and I'm taking Kepka at eleven to one. Right, so ones to watch a little bit higher. I'll kick off with mine only because I did say that he was going to be my outright favorite, and then I saw he was thirty to one. So it's a major, right? And it's kind of I I struggle to find guys that are around about the 50, 60, 70 because you know. The cream rises to the top. So my guy is a major champion already at 30 to 1. Um, he won the Open Championship last year. I'm going with Cameron Smith. Um, now, there's a few things. Obviously, I've been thinking about this a lot over the last few weeks. And we saw him finish ninth at the PGA Championship. And then he's had... Uh, top 11 within the uh, four live events lately as well so he's obviously been playing well but it was Billy Horschel said something on Golf Channel that really cemented this for me he was out at LACC early and he said that it really reminded him of some of these Australian courses with wide fairways small greens 
and these areas around the greens that guys are going to have a lot of options as to what they want to do and they're going to have to be creative when you're talking about creative players and guys who really love that and and thrive upon it Cameron Smith is the guy and we know that he's just a freak putter as well so 30 to 1 I'm like the price is too good so I'm going to take Cameron Smith as my one to watch there's no way I can I can build any argument to go against an Aussie, as you know. I'm looking for three elite statistics strokes game. We don't have them from Liv, but we know Cam Smith, if if he was on the PGA Tour, Diane, he would be number one in putting by a mile. Maybe not by a mile, but he'd be right there uh, pitching and chipping around the greens. Is the, I mean, he's a combination of Seve Ballesteros and Tom Watson around the greens. I mean, it's a, it's a joke. Driving, ah, okay, irons, yeah, good. So I love Cam Smith. I love your analogy with the uh, uh, Aussies. Uh, courses wider off the fairway because if Cam does anything, he overdraws the ball. When he won the uh, – I had him last year at the Open Championship. We knew if he hooked the ball at St. Andrews, he'd be fine, and, and that proved out to be great for me on that one and great for Secret Golf. I'm looking at a guy as my one to watch – that just played a course, Diane, recently and won that was just as hard as this one, and that was over at Quail Hollow. I'm talking about Wyndham Clark, long hitter, um, off the tee, 56. By the way, if, if, if you're in the top 60 in strokes gained on the tour, you're beating everybody in that category. So 60 is about even. So he's, he's good there. He's to the plus there. 23 in uh, onto the greens, way in the plus. 61 around the greens, right on the money. 49th in putting, 15th overall. And this guy hits it a mile. But the reason I'm looking at him, Diane, is we talked already about Nick Taylor. We talked about um, Victor Hovland. We haven't talked about Victor this week. We, we don't have him on our board uh, on this one. But I'm talking about guys that have just won, played a hard course. I mean, he, there was people talking about him demolishing Quail Hollow. What is it? Was it 19 under or something ridiculous on a, on a course that everyone was walking with him? Colt Nost, Smiley Kaufman, Jim Nance, Trevor Immelman. 19 under does, does not exist at Quail Hollow. Okay. Okay. I've told my story. I'm on Wyndham Clark for my one to watch at about 60 to one. Okay. Amazing. That's a really good pick. And, um, Colt Nost, who's obviously a friend of Secret Golf 2, huge fan of Wyndham Clark. They're good friends. And he has said, you know, this guy is capable of being a major champion. So, you know, we saw how well he played at Quail, which, of course, is a, a major venue. So great pick. I love it. And good odds, too. Um, and, and, and before we go into um, our long shots, we haven't talked about the Californian guy. We, we were very specific in our data this week. Haven't talked about Max Honmer a little bit, Colin Morikawa, mm -hmm. Patrick Cantlay, Alexander Shoffley, all local guys. Why aren't we on those guys? Well, I'll give you my five cents worth. The golf course is now Bermuda grass with bent grass greens. Max Honmer has been a freak in California. Won twice out in, out in Silicon Valley at the Fries. He won Riviera. He won up in Washington on Honma wins on courses where hardly anyone else can putt because he's so great a putter. He gets the speed up on top of the Poana and knocks him in. I think Max Honma could win anywhere. So could Morikawa. So could Cantlay. So could Shoffley. They just haven't closed the deal as much up top for me. Shoffley hasn't won, I don't think, since the Olympics. Morikawa, I don't think he's – I think my son – Sam mentioned me hasn't won since he got married. That's a bummer for you. Um, <laughs> um, uh, who else was I talking? Cantlay hasn't won in a while since maybe the FedEx Cup a couple of years ago. Um, who was the other one? Oh, uh, Shoffley doesn't quite close. And I'm a little worried about that. I can't throw them in there. I'm, I'm going with guys like Rahm, Scheffler, Kepler, yeah. you know, all these guys, right? You get my drift. I had to put him in the show, though. 
Yeah. And well, Max, I looked at Max as well because he's 30 to 1 and people have been talking about this being Max's major for such a long time. Um, he shot 61, the course record, in a 2013 college tournament. The thing about Max is he has had a nice break. So he finished, what was it, top 10 or just outside the top 10? Yeah, top 10 in the last two of his last four events. Yeah, well, he, at Colonial. Yeah. And that was a while ago, but his sister was getting married the week of memorials. So he took that off and then didn't play last week in Canada. So he's had a nice break to spend time with family, spend time with his little boy, get ready for this because this is a big, big week for him. He knows that the pressure's on his shoulders, not just from everyone outside, but from himself. Um, so it's impossible not to root for Max Homa, especially this week in LA where he's from. Um, it's it's a coin flip. It can be too much for these guys. He's got, he's got he's got great he's got great stats. So does Morikawa. Morikawa's yeah. a little bit um, negative on the putting. Um, Alexander has excellent stats. So does Cantlay. You know, lives there still. And you know, li- you know, California was such an advantage. I mean, when it was Kakuya and Poana, these guys. You know, Cantlay went, went to UCLA. Um, he he's going to know this place. It's going to be easy for him to roll out there and know exactly what he's got to do on this particular hole. I mean, that's that's the trick. The three where the where the home course advantage helps Diane so much is I go out there right now. I got to spend three days trying to figure out what I'm going to do on this particular hole. Yeah. These guys spend three days just you know working on their game. They already know what they got to do on that particular hole. So that's okay. the difference. Okay, right, dark horses. Whoever's got the um, shortest odds can start um, because my guy's 125 to 1 what's yours? I'm 250 oh what? okay yeah okay so Sam and I were driving down here it took us 5 hours to get here today we we had the I had all the all the heat sheets on my you know, on my lap and we were talking he said look up this guy for me because this guy's coming in hot this week what's his odds dad? and I said well he's 250 to 1 and he said well what, what does he stroke gain off the tee? 112, but he hits it a mile. Okay, so he's losing some strokes there. What is he on on approach? Top 10, eighth. Oh, that's interesting. What about what about around the green? 151. Oh, he can't chip very good. Okay. What is he in putting? 11th. So he's eighth in eighth in approach, 11th in putting, 18th overall on the PGA Tour in strokes gain, meaning that if you're just tuning in for the first time, thinking about strokes gained. He gained every time he plays golf, he's better than every other player on the PGA Tour. He gains strokes for them. I'm talking about Seth Stracker. Wow, okay. 251, 250 to 1. I'm talking about John O'Donnell was on our podcast, said, I think a journeyman or a person of out of the blue could play well in the tournament. I'm going with Sepp Stracker as that guy come in at 250 to 1. His around the green stats are not great because he doesn't miss a green by the sounds of it. He's eighth. Well, that, that, that's, 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 where I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Yes, okay. We talked at the show, we, we need three elite categories yes. uh, in Stroh's game, I think, to win a US Open. Okay. Because if I, couldn't, if I could justify that by saying there's plenty of guys with three of them, so how does a guy with two of them jump all the threes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, um, my guy has a problematic area, but we'll get there because he also has some really good stats right now. 125 to one. He's a California guy. He's from Orange County, grew up there. Um, he went to Pepperdine. He lives in your neck of the woods now, actually, but I'm going with Sahitha Gala. He's joining my club. He, I saw him in the locker room the other day. He's joining Champions Club. He loves it. It's his favorite okay. club in Texas. And we love him. We've loved him since he almost won the WM Phoenix Open last year. But, you know, we talk about California guys playing well in California. Max Homa being an amazing example. There's no better example than Tiger Woods. But... Um, Thagala finished fourth at the Farmers in San Diego. He finished sixth at the Genesis at Riviera. So the other, you know, two other big 
um, major venues on the PGA Tour schedule. He's just coming off a top 10 at the Masters, which obviously is going to give him tons of confidence too. He's a big hitter, but that's been the problem lately, lately is the off the tee stats. Um, you know, we've talked about the fact that the fairways are wider on paper, but with the sloping and stuff, they are going to be more typical US Open fairways when the guys are out there. Um, but that's his problem. He's seventh in putting average though, and he's gained three strokes on the field um, in his last four starts when it comes to the greens. Um, but he's got a great short game too, really crafty around the greens. So Thagala, again, really hard not to root for him. And he hasn't had a win yet. Maybe the first one is going to be a major at the US Open in LA. 125 to 1. What could be better than having a a member of my club win at the US Open, Sahith Thagala? Very nice young man came and talked to me in the locker room the other day. Going to join our club. I love everything about that guy. Uh, he, you know, I watched him at Pepperdine. He's doing everything he should be. He took a couple of unnecessary risks to lose a couple of tournaments. We talked about it the other day uh, over a beer, Diane, and he's not going to do that anymore because I said I've been around some of the most aggressive players on earth. Lenny Watkins, Tom Watson. Uh, Raymond Floyd. I'm talking about guys that would just hit at a pin hanging off the side of a waterfall. And I said, they would have closed those tournaments, Sahith. They would have closed them. They would not have let them get away. You don't have to do it all at the end. Okay. So uh, he, he, I think the message landed. So, uh, you know, let's all hope that it happens right here. Okay, well, just uh, before we finish the show, we're going to talk about a couple of amateurs because that's obviously the great thing about US Open is it's an Open and there was final qualifying and the chance for some guys to get into the field this week. And we each have one guy that we're looking at. Um, I'll kick off with mine because I mentioned him when we were chatting to John O'Donnell. This guy goes to UCLA. He's a sophomore. And in final qualifying, it was two rounds. He shot 65, 65. 65. His name is Omar Morales. He is 2,500 to 1 to win. <laughs> but I've got his low amateur um, odds. He is plus 1,200 to be low am, which I really, really like. What I like most is the fact that he said in his own words that he feels comfortable playing LACC because he's played it so many times before. So... Yes, very different when you're on the tee playing in a US Open. But, you know, if he can calm down a little bit and uh, just enjoy it, it's just a, another round of golf for him. So Omar Morales, watch this space for Loam. It, it won't be just another round of golf, but that's okay. He's He sounds like he's well prepared. He lives, his dorm room is right around the corner. Uh <laughs> My pick for the low amateur this year, Diane, if you're, one, if you're one of the six billion people on earth and you haven't heard of this guy, well, you're going to hear about him now because his dad has been filming him since he was seven years old. You can go to YouTube right after you, see this, after you see this show. And I'm talking about, I'm going all in on my Aussie accent right now. We're talking about amateur Kawala Carl Phillips, mate. <laughs> Koala Carl, Koala Carl Phillips, valedictorian of his class, now is a um, freshman at Stanford University, 18 years old, top 50 amateur in the world. But the interesting thing is his dad has been filming him since he was seven years old. Wow. He's been on YouTube. He's got like hundreds of thousands of people following him on Instagram and YouTube and all these channels. He's literally the prodigy uh, son of like a Tiger Woods model to get good. He looks like Tom Kim. His body shape is the same. Incredible swing. I watched it on YouTube all the way up today for about 20 minutes. Um, but mate, Koala, Koala Carl, what a story. I think it, check it for me, Diane, 5,000 to one. Is that right? Can you check that for me? 5,000 to one to win. He is plus. 1600 for Loam. Yeah. So this guy, he's got 46,000 Instagram followers. Yeah. So 
very yeah. interesting, dynamic. Let's put it this way. Like you said about your amateur pick, to get comfortable on the course. I think Koala Kyle is going to be comfortable with the camera on him. What do you reckon? Yeah, he's buds with Minwoo Lee, who's been commenting on his Instagram pictures. So those yeah. Aussies are going to stick together. Um, so I, fo- I followed him. I follow him today. I'm going to send him a message. So I'm going to wish him well. Well, I think that we've got two really good amateur picks. Um, and as I said, great odds. Loam is um, 12 to 1 for Omar Morales and 16 to 1 for Koala Carl. Carl Phillips, that's his name, yeah? Can you give me the a bit more Aussie accent on the Koala Carl, mate? Koala Carl. <laughs> that was so. That was better. All right, mate. That was better. Oh, that was close. Oh, okay, well. Um, huge show this week but obviously it's a US Open and we love this it's going to be great to see LACC it's going to be the true star but um, you know as we always expect and as we always see at these majors it's going to turn into a battle down the stretch and hopefully our guys are going to be the ones at the top of the leaderboard I think this week uh, thank you Diane I think this week we've we've unpacked a few things but I think with an elite tournament, it's, it seems easier to work with because we know that it's going to take some elite stats to play well this tournament over the course of the week. And you got to think that guys that are that do it every week, like a Scheffler, like a, you know, I don't know where Kepka is off the tee or to approach or greens, but I guarantee he's top five. He finished second at the Masters and won the PGA. So Kepka is just a monster. We didn't even talk about DJ Bo. We didn't talk about DJ. We didn't talk about, you know, there's a lot of guys, but we've made our picks. Diane. I'm very oh. happy with what we got going. Me too. And we didn't talk about Phil <laughs> potentially um, completing the career Grand Slam, which earlier this year, we would have laughed about that. But after he really showed up at the Masters, there's always that possibility. And we didn't talk about the merger. Maybe we will in a couple of days. Yeah, because it's going to be interesting. It is, of course, going to be brought up this week. We're going to hear from the likes of Phil. You know, Bryson's been everywhere talking about it. But, um, you know, we've got the live guys. Does anyone really know? <laughs> it's like, I think they kind of, no, everyone's no. got the same information right now. But, of course, it's going to be talked about. And, yeah, we'll... I did speak to Greg Norpin on the phone for 30 minutes the other day. And I did not ask him what's going to happen because I, I thought that would be rude. We talked about other things. Uh, but um, he's he's on go, Diane. Okay. He's on a go. If you, I don't. He's he's ready to go. Okay. Well, let's we'll we'll do a show about it and we'll talk about it because uh, hopefully we're going to learn a little bit more as the week goes on. But we have an amazing U.S. Open ahead of us at the glamorous, fantastic LA Country Club. And uh, thank you for watching and for listening to the Tour Report. Elk's going to get back to his uh, camping shenanigans, <laughs> and um, we will be back next week for the Travelers Championship. We will indeed. Thank you, Diane. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.